Hello, and welcome to the Untamed Yogini Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Marie, your womb yoga priestess. I'm a certified yoga teacher specializing in yoga for women, womb health, and feminine spirituality. In a world structured for disconnection, my goal is to empower you in living deeply rooted to the wisdom of your body, personal gifts, and divine sovereignty, so you can meet yourself where you are and navigate the seasons of womanhood with confidence and grace. I believe when we restore the balance within ourselves, the world will follow. But it begins with the self, right here, right now, one womb at a time. Now let's jump in. Hello, welcome. Today we're going to be continuing with our exploration of the eight limbs and how to incorporate them into your day-to-day life. So this is part two of Yoga Beyond the Mat, A Journey Through the Eight Limbs. And my intention for this two-part series was actually to be back-to-back. However, it just didn't work out that way, so here we are. So let's go ahead and just get into it. There's a lot to cover. Um, You know, in part one, we began with the first four limbs of yoga, which were, which are the yamas, the niyamas, asana, and pranayama. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, definitely go and check that out. It's not obligatory that you listen to part one before part two, but I definitely recommend listening to both parts because that way you get the full spectrum of the eightfold path of yoga. Okay. So we're going to jump on into the fifth limb of the eightfold path. And that is Pratyahara, which translates to withdrawal of the senses. So Prati means against or withdraw. And Ahara means food or, you know, referring to something that we take from the outside. So because of this, pratyahara can be understood as gaining control over or withdrawing from any external influences. And because this is an internal reflection practice, other practices such as asana or pranayama, as I shared in part one, are key components to assist you in getting there. So you'll start to notice that as you practice and you continue to practice, all of the components of each limb tend to weave into one another, a yoking, so to speak, right? And that's the exact translation of yoga, which is to yoke or unify. And so it doesn't just apply to everything in your life kind of yoking and unifying, but also the practice itself. So, of course, you can practice these components on your mat, and I encourage you to do so because the more you do, the easier it becomes, and it it just tends to naturally expand into your life, right? And the tools that you learn, you can apply them to the challenges that you come across and all that. However, if I were to make a recommendation as to how you could practice Pratyahara in your day-to-day, I would say take a look at how many outside influences you are exposing yourself to that have an impact on how you think and feel. So a prime example of this would be social media. This is a really big one these days because with social media, we have this like constant overload of information coming at you in these little bite-sized pieces. So it's not only affecting your dopamine levels and influencing your thoughts and feelings, but it's also lumping you into this like algorithm that makes you feel like you're being exposed to the whole spectrum when really you're not. You're just in this like little bubble of your own. And it 
this tends to have, you know, detrimental impact on the mind. So while I was visiting the U.S. back home, I took a much needed break from social media to make space for connection. I really wanted to connect with my personal thoughts and feelings around things without outside influences. I want to connect with my family and my friends and really be in the moment. I wanted to connect with nature without distraction. And I tell you what a huge difference it made in the way that I I felt and in my vitality, my mind, my spirit, and my body by allowing myself to just withdraw from this distraction, essentially. I was able to really gain clear perspective and cultivate a deeper connection with my present moment. And honestly, I didn't even really want to come back to social media, but the truth is I haven't quite figured out how to run my online business without it. And yes, of course, I absolutely love connecting with y'all. This is a great place that I get to connect with you guys. But where my passion lies is this podcast where I can really um, share and provide soul nourishing content for you, which I feel like social media just isn't the place for that, right? It's catering to like short attention spans and overload of information. But anyway, I digress. We could have an entire episode all on its own. Um, So if you want to have (laughs) a conversation about um, social media, let me know and I can make that happen. Yes, I can. You hear background noises in the background, please forgive it. I have not created a sound isolation booth at this point. I plan on doing that soon. I plan on doing that soon. All right, back to the conversation. (laughs) With that said, I'd like to encourage you to look at where you're disconnecting from yourself and disconnecting with what's in front of you and how, right? Then I would encourage you to go within and explore what's there for you. Because I'm willing to bet that there's a lot because the truth is, is your inner world is so rich with insight and wisdom. If you're just willing to venture. All right, let's move on. So the last three limbs of yoga are considered to be a bit of a unit. They're like a package deal, right? So they're collectively referred to as sanya, which means control. And it's this building of focus. It's this pro- these progressive stages of concentration. And they are as follows, as follows. <laughs> which is dharana, which is focus, dhyana, which is meditation, and samadhi, which is enlightenment. So first, let's talk about the sixth limb, which is dharana or concentration. Now, Of course, you can practice this in sacred space on your mat, right? Um, But in a couple ways that you could do this would be to fixate on the mind or on a particular object. So you can do this external or internal. So external um, examples would be focusing on an image or a deity. One of my favorites is to focus on a candle flame. You can focus on the internal, such as a particular chakra Uh, You could focus on the breath. You could focus on a mantra, you know, inward repeating mantra. You know, with yoga, focusing on the breath, the body, and even mantra are incredibly powerful practices because they helped you to cultivate focus, concentration. 
This is one of the reasons I love Kundalini so much is because it incorporates incorporates a lot of that, a lot of breath, a lot of mantra, and it's really strengthening, building stamina and strength for your mind. And so if you want to experience Kundalini yoga, you can definitely come into the Intuitive Yoga Flow membership. I fuse Kundalini yoga with traditional Hatha yoga. I also teach a variety of styles. I really meet my students where they are. But Kundalini is a very big part of the teachings that I lead. And so if you'd like to come in and experience it, the doors open for the membership once a month. This month will be August 25th. Doors will open and you can come in for September. All right. So um, if you want to do that, just check out the website and you can register there. So, you know, focus, it might seem simple enough, right? Like we just have to focus in on this one thing, (laughs) but the mind will wander because you're a human being. And that's why this is such a practice, you know, and with a dedicated practice of Dharanar concentration, it's just naturally going to overflow and spill into your life. So, you know, I say this a lot, right? Are you noticing common theme here? I say this a lot. The more consistent you practice on your map, the more naturally affects everything in your life, making your day-to-day its very own yoga practice. So the practice of dharana, it's going to assist you in attaining your biggest goals in life while assisting you also moving through some of your most challenging moments. Also, it can assist you in your day-to-day challenges, right? Because we all have those. We all have our little daily challenges. Let me just give you a little example. So I live on the fourth floor of my building and my building is 800 years old. So an elevator is not an option. And I have 67 stairs. Yes, I have counted them many times. I have 67 stairs to climb each and every time I leave my house and want to come back. So this is often at least four times a day, at least sometimes more. And I'd like to say that it's a breeze, but thus far it is still a challenge. So what I do is I take this challenge of focus or concentration on when I climb these stairs. So I can take this practice of dharana into my day when coming home. How can I take each step with concentrated focus? So sometimes I'm gonna t- I'll take these 67 steps focusing on my spinal alignment and my, or my core strength. Sometimes I'll chant a mantra for each step. Sometimes I'll focus on deep breaths to keep my heart rate down while I climb. No matter what I focus on, these daily stairs, they give me an opportunity to practice concentration, right? And one day, one day, I will master those stairs. (laughs) So I want to ask you, where in your day can you incorporate focus to overcome a challenge or concentration. Maybe this is a particular chore that you don't like, whether it be work or home. Take a moment to reflect where in your day you can bring this mindfulness into a daily challenge and take it on to witness what unfolds. Because I promise you, there is so much in your day-to-day that can teach you if you're just merely present and focused. All right, we're almost there. Let's move on to the seventh limb, which is Diana. Okay, this translates to meditation. And this seems easy enough, right? When you think of meditation, you might think of being seated, cross-legged, eyes closed, hands in your lap, being quiet, being still. And so often I hear people just say to me, oh, I can't meditate because I can't stop my thoughts. So I want to get into that for just a moment. 
First of all, there are many forms of meditation and not all of them are still. Again, Kundalini Yoga, not all of them are still. Remember how, um, how I mentioned that the last three limbs are interconnected? Well, in order to get to a meditative state, concentration will be key. So you need to harness your concentration from various, you can, excuse me, you can harness your concentration from various types of breath, mantras, and even movements. And as far as not being able to quiet the mind, this is totally normal. I assure you that you are not alone. And even me as a very experienced yoga practitioner, my mind is not still, right? It's not always still. I have my moments, but it's not always still. I have not mastered the quietness of the mind yet, but I'm working on it. You know, even the most experienced yogis have monkey mind because you're a human being. This is part of the journey. And yes, it would be wonderful to remain in a blissed out state of being, but you have to practice. And then when you practice, maybe, maybe one day you will master it. But for now, can you just focus? And when you lose your focus and you recognize that you've lost your focus, can you bring it back and not judge yourself? That's the practice for right now. So Diana builds upon the practices of asana, which is physical posture, pranayama, which is breath control, and pratyahara, control of the senses and moving the focus inward. When practiced together, you start to become detached from the mind, from worldly bindings, and have a deeper understanding of the object of meditation. And at the final stage, or jhana of Diana. The yogi or yogini does not see it as meditation practice anymore because they're just so fully immersed in the meditative act that they no longer separate the self from it. So once again, I want to reiterate that a consistent practice on your mat will begin to overflow into your life, not only making your day-to-day a practice in and of itself, but also where you reap the benefits of your practice, creating a more balanced and harmonious way of experiencing your life. So because the last three limbs are so intertwined, achieving meditation is created through mindfulness. If we really want to like boil it down. (laughs) So whether it's the breath, movement, mantra, or an intention, you can continue to incorporate these elements in your day-to-day and assist you to more meditative states whether you're on your mat or whether you're in your life. So the last limb, as mentioned earlier, is jhana. And this is when the yogi or yogini does not see it as a meditation practice anymore. And they are fully immersed in the meditative act that they can no longer separate the self from it, right? From it, from that experience. So I would say that in life, this is similar to living in flow. This is often something that can come and go for many of us. That feeling of being so incredibly connected to everything and everyone. That feeling of being able to stand in such confidence that everything is in perfect alignment. It's that feeling of being so completely, so completely in peace, in love and harmony. And this state of flow, this bliss, this enlightenment, It doesn't have to be fleeting. 
It can actually be achieved with practice. Practice on your mat and practice in your life. And although mastering this would be quite an achievement, and it's not one that we will all attain in this lifetime, that's okay. See, I'm a firm believer that the most delicious parts of life and practice are those in the journey, not particularly the destination. And maybe that's because I'm not enlightened yet. (laughs) I'm working on it, though. I'm working on it. So I want to leave you with this. Continue to allow your practice to evolve and just meet you where you are. Give yourself grace and continue to move through your practice on and off your mat with curiosity and an open heart. Because this alone will soar your life, not only to greater heights, but to blissful states. So we've gone over a lot in these two episodes, eight limbs of yoga. I mean, really, (laughs) to try to break it all down in an hour, it's a lot, right? And I know that it's a lot. So just take what lands with you for right now. Take what calls to you. And, um, and let go of the rest because your practice is, is just that it's a practice. And there are certain things that will call to you in certain chapters of your life. And you're going to continue to grow. You're going to continue to evolve. And your practice does that with you. It's such a beautiful unfolding, the spiritual practice of yoga. So I hope that you enjoyed these two part, this two part series on how to incorporate these limbs into your life. And I would love to hear from you. And of course you can connect with me on IG still <laughs> at, uh, at untamed underscore yogini. If you don't follow me already, please give a follow, drop into my DMs and, and let me know how you like this episode. What was your biggest takeaway? What are your thoughts, your feelings around it? What are you currently practicing? I want to hear from you. I love hearing from you. I truly, truly do. So please, Don't be shy. Send me a message. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to learn more about how you can work with me, you can always visit my website, untamedyogini.com. And I just want to also invite you to get onto the wait list for my upcoming Wooing Yoga Priestess training. That wait list is now open. So if you're a woman desiring deeper connection with your womb and to live a womb and heart-centered life, this training is for you. And whether you're a yoga teacher wanting to take your teaching to the next level to serve women or whether you're, you know, a practitioner of yoga, or a yoga-inspired woman desiring epic transformation, or maybe you're both, you're, you're going to love this training. Because I deeply believe true transformation begins with the self. And that's precisely where we start. That's why this is a six-month embodiment program, and it's designed to penetrate your life in magical, magical ways first, right? So it starts with you. And very similar to what we talked about over these last couple of episodes in this series, right, is when you cultivate a consistent practice, your cup will runneth over. And by embodying the teachings teachings within the training, they're going to naturally extend out to those that you serve. So you can learn more by visiting my website, untamedyogini.com, and click on the teacher training page. And you can hop on that VIP wait list where you'll actually receive a very, very special offer not offered anywhere else when I do open the doors. All right, loves. That is it for today. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to comment and leave a rating. Not only would I be incredibly grateful, but it also helps us to expand our reach and build this amazing community. If you'd like to learn how you can work with me, please visit my website, untamedyogini.com. And don't forget to follow so you never miss an episode. You can join me right here every Wednesday. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.